never, ever marks this spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Dracarys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that is attempting to go for true AI in two days. Tony Stark in his three days. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the <laughs> evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Here. Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. You? Good. Um, so last week, we talked about bringing on a guest. Um, and um, it was I uh, wasn't sure if we were going to get it or not. But um, it's a long time coming on this uh, guest appearance. So um, our friend of the show, Bryn, has decided to stop by. Bryn, welcome back. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Oh, as always. And actually, like, it's when I say it's a long time coming, Bren, you and I have texted several times like, hey, this is the list we're doing. You should come on. And it just hasn't worked out. Um, So how about this? How is quarantine treating you? (laughs) Me? Yeah, you. (laughs) Peter Peter and I have been like, we've been talking a lot on the show weekly and uh, we haven't turned off the lights for any reason so everyone knows how we're doing how have you been doing (laughs) surviving i guess i mean i'm a teacher so things are tough but i've i've made it this far (laughs) nice nice Uh, (laughs) fantastic uh how about this um i don't need we don't need to go into the minutiae of all the weird stuff you probably did around your house or your apartment um uh, but uh, just to keep yourself entertained Um, However, uh, you probably binged a lot of stuff. Did you watch anything good? (laughs) Um, (laughs) List everything you've watched this whole quarantine. Give me me a couple highlights. Is there anything more? (laughs) No, really. I'm actually like one of probably the only people that have been not binging things just because I've been so um, like focused on how to do like e-learning, remote, hybrid, all that school stuff. So I've been like. I guess, binging all kinds of like ideas for like school stuff and not really any entertainment things. I've read a couple of things and then uh, I watched that the Jurassic Park cartoon on Netflix and that's about the extent of my binging. Hold on. Nice. Is the Jurassic Park cartoon on Netflix? Yeah, it's called Camp Cretaceous. Is it a kid's cartoon or is it like? I mean, it's probably it's kind of kiddish but like adults can enjoy it oh okay so <laughs> so when you said jurassic park cartoon my brain automatically went to like the castlevania cartoon on netflix which is very adult and oh, that'd be awesome <laughs> and it's awesome and it made me think to myself oh wait there's a jurassic park cartoon <laughs> no, uh, this is kids can definitely it's probably i mean it, it wasn't like kid kitty but it was not just for adults like kids and adults could watch it Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. All right. Very cool. <laughs> um, does it focus on the movies or is it kind of more like its own thing? I think it's, it's, it's 
um, both. It, I think it's supposed to be like considered canon. Like it talks about stuff in Jurassic World that's going on, but it's like a kind of like what's going on while the Jurassic World events kind of were going on. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's on. Yeah. All right. I might actually have to go check that out just out of sheer curiosity. I, I mean, I would recommend it. All right. Um, did you watch anything else worth noteworthy that you want to bring up? Uh, not really. You're the one we haven't talked to the longest because Peter and I have been like, hey, I'm watching this next and that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I've, I've read more than I have watched. Uh, did you like book wise or like most school work related stuff? Well, I mean, school stuff, but also just for like enjoyment, too. I've read, um, you know, the two the books from Richard Preston. I wa- I finished the. Oh yeah, you sent me a couple like Snapchats of that. Um, yeah, I watched Demon in the Free or I watched I read Demon in the Freezer and then I am currently in the middle of the Hot Zone or not the Hot Zone. I read the Hot Zone already. Crisis in the Red Zone. That's the that's the 2014 Ebola outbreak, right? Yeah. Um, there's a there's a program going to be on. Dis- not not discovery uh net geo real soon called virus hunters it's going to be like a one time it's going to be like a one shot kind of a like two hour thing about searching for viruses and where they find them and like the weird stuff and i'm like that sounds awesome <laughs> so i might have to watch that um peter yeah um, let's what are you watching yeah um oh one thing i wanted to throw in really quick about the whole uh Netflix Jurassic Park cartoon. Uh, I haven't watched that at all, but I think it's really interesting that Netflix has like the license to Jurassic Park right now. Maybe I, maybe that's not right, but it makes me wonder if there's going to be more series and stuff to come from that. Uh, definitely interesting. Something I want to lo- look into. Um, Jurassic, Park's, Jurassic Park is universal, right? I yeah. couldn't tell you Jurassic, off the top yeah, of my Jurassic head. Park's universal. Um, Hmm. Which isn't affiliated with a streaming service, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think Universal is affiliated with any streaming service. Yeah, uh, so maybe not, not not directly. So I'm not sure. Maybe we will get the Jurassic Park anime of your dreams. You know, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that'd be awesome. that. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I was gonna say I finished watching uh, the Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, I talked about this a little yeah. bit last week. Um, have you, I know Drew, I don't think you've watched this yet. And Bryn, I'm assuming you haven't either just cause you haven't watched a lot of stuff. No, I haven't. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Um, so this series, um, one thing I wanted to say, and I don't know if I mentioned this last week is there's an element of the series that I kind of found to be a little bit tedious and that's because, a big part of the plot has to do with, and I'm, I'm not going to say what it is, but it's because you kind of have to watch it to see, but it's dream sequences slash flashbacks in a way. So like okay. there's, there's flashbacks or dream sequences, and that's not exactly what it is. Cause you kind of have to watch the show for the explanation, but scenes <laughs> like that have a big part of the plot. And there's this thing where you end up watching a lot of the same scenes over and over again. And that, like, to me, that always feels really tedious in a show or a movie when it's like you watch the same scene, but one slight thing changes and then that scene ends up looping around again and again. And uh, that is the thing I didn't like about this series, that there's a lot of kind of like tedious flashback scenes. I liked everything else about this series. Um, 
I really enjoyed this. This is, uh, they even say it in dialogue in the show, but this series isn't a horror story. This is kind of like a beautiful, tragic love story. And, uh, I enjoyed every moment of it besides the tedious aspect, uh, that I mentioned. And even though they have those like flashback parts that are, are very tedious, the payoff at the end is so good and like, so like (laughs) heart wrenching, but warming at the same time. Like I'm really glad I watched this one. So if you want like a, I guess like a pretty good, like horror story or haunting story that isn't necessarily super heavy on the horror, like definitely check the haunting of Bly Manor out. Cause it's not like, like I said, it's definitely more of a love story and I guess it has scary parts, but it's not like your typical, like, jump scares all the time sort of thing. Um, The other thing that I wanted to mention that I watched is uh, the movie Crawl. I don't know if either of you have watched this one. This is the alligator one. Oh, Crawl. Yeah. Yeah, not not Crawl, like the 80s fantasy movie. (laughs) I literally, I I I thought you said Crawl, and I'm like, I haven't watched it ever. (laughs) But yeah, okay, Crawl. Yes, I know of the movie. I have not watched it. Okay, Drew, I think you would love this movie. I think... uh, you would probably have a blast watching this like with your son or something like that. But this is just there's not too much to say about this one. But this one's just a really fun uh, creature feature that I just had a blast watching. It's like a really short watch. I think it's like an hour and a half long. Um, it's on Hulu right now if you want to check it out. But it's just uh, it just what it's just a really fun movie. Um, and there's a couple parts that shouldn't have made me jump that totally did because <laughs> I was just enjoying the movie so much. And there's a couple jump scares where I was like, that really shouldn't have got me, but I'm just having so much fun with this movie that it did. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that one out too. It's not a movie I would say take super seriously, but it's just a really fun creature feature. So, uh, but yeah, that's about it for me this week. How about you? Um, so I am, two episodes to the end of Titans season two. Um, Oh, nice. And I was trying to get it done before the show because at the end of this week, not only does the Mandalorian start, but Titans season three starts. Um, And let me say this about Titans, because I talked up this show before um, very heavily, and I'm going to talk it up again. This show is phenomenal. And not because I'm a DC fan, just in terms of like quality of a program. Um, they're being incredibly faithful to the source material and the slight differences they make. If you know the source material, you're you're kind of like, yeah, OK, that makes complete sense to why you would have done it this way. Um, this show is just amazing. And I'm not talking like it's, it's just the acting, the writing, the cinematography. There's not you know how you'll have like a moment in a television show, like in a season where you have like that one episode that you just weren't a fan of. Yeah, this series Every single episode is solid. Like there hasn't been one bad episode and I'm like almost at the end of season two. Like everything has been so good. Um, And the acting is just top notch. And it's basically like, Hey, we're going to take the guys who did the Arrowverse on the CW and say, you're allowed to be rated R right now in terms of language and violence and everything. Go make a movie and just split it up into eight hours. Um, (laughs) It's, fantastic um i really 
think it's a shame that the show did not get enough attention when it first came out. And it was probably because it was on the DC app and not a lot of people were buying into it. But now that it's being moved over HBO Max, I'm hoping it gets the attention it deserves because it's fantastic. In a world where we have The Boys and all the films and everything, I just hope this gets the attention it deserves because it's amazing. Um, but that's basically that's awesome all, to hear. That's basically all I watched. So. Nice. I uh, I loved the first season of Titans, so I need to watch the second season. And it's one of those things where I've even seen Internet buzz about things that are coming in the second season. But I don't even care because I just love the show that much. Like spoilers aside, I know I'm going to enjoy it regardless. So, uh, well, I was yeah. just gonna, I was just going to say it's a good segue in the news. Um, be, so real quick, uh, the Superboy stuff. And I know you're a big Superboy fan. What they've done with him thus far is amazing like nice. it's, it's absolutely amazing they couldn't have casted it better they're just handling it so well it's just it's such a good show brand you didn't watch titans did you did i lose no. brand no, oh, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> i didn't i wanted to i wanted to watch it but then i just never got a chance to start it yet yeah oh yeah that's right you and i had a couple of conversations about it so um, well, how about this? This rolls into news a little bit. It's a good segue um, because Jason Todd, who is the second Robin in the Batman uh, family, um, in the comic books, he gets murdered and then comes back later as the Red Hood. Um, they've talked about how he will become the Red Hood in Titans season three. Uh, if that's not a spoiler for anybody, I uh, hope it's not. Um, but they released they released set footage of set footage. They released some set photos of the Red Hood costume, and it is fantastic. Um, incredibly faithful to the comics. And it makes me really excited because I wasn't a big fan of Jason Todd when he was Robin, but I think he's phenomenal. As I really like the character when he became the Red Hood. So yeah. I, I think I've seen uh, those those Red Hood images circulating on Twitter. Um, the thing is, like, since I'm not caught up on the show, I kind of don't look too far into that stuff sure. when I see it being shared around. But uh, and just to like add on to your thing, like even in the show Titans, like Jason Todd's character, like he's a total like he's such a prick. But at the same time, <laughs> a prick in the like, <laughs> they do like a really good job playing it up and like. Yeah, he's a little asshole, but he's also like enjoyable to watch and stuff. And like the fight scenes with him in him are just like all so good and stuff like that. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, the Red Hood coming into things. Right. Well, um, since we're on DC news for a second here, uh, Bren, are you excited for the Snyder Cut? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long, but like. Once it first got started and I was listening to your podcast, I was like screaming in my car. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's great. That, <laughs> that's awesome. You sent me a few texts that day, but that that's been like such a fun thing to follow. Um, there's a story that broke. Um, Brent, did you watch the Green Lantern movie, the Ryan Reynolds one? No, it's on my list. Okay, I, I didn't watching, know. I was watching the other DC movie. Remember, I, I wasn't even into DC at all, and then I started watching them, but it wasn't in, like, the the group of movies that you told me to watch that were all linked to Well, it. because we didn't know what was going on with Green Lantern. We didn't know what was going on with the Snyderverse and how it was all playing out. So when you asked me, I was like, well, this is the slate in the growing universe that they're creating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like how Marvel was doing it. Well... Because the fact because that they've officially said it's a multiverse, 
Green Lantern is now included. <laughs> um, and Ryan Reynolds had a tweet a while back saying that he was asked. People are asking him if he's going to be in the Zach in the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And the tweet said, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember because I remember reading it a few episodes back. His tweet basically said, I might already be in the movie. And it was a really cryptic thing. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Is there is there a chance that this is a thing? Um, so reportedly, Zack Snyder has spoken with Ryan Reynolds about the Green Lantern for, the, for his cut of the Justice League movie. And the report says that Warner Brothers is not a big fan of this and trying to block the move from happening. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, though. I'm not entirely sure that's the case. And the only reason I say that is because months ago, Ryan Reynolds had that one tweet. And because of the announcements that they've made with the Flash film and including the Michael Keaton Batman and actually showing the fa- and then a DC fandom announcing that they're actually building a multiverse. I'm not I really don't think that they would shy away from an opportunity like this to do that. I don't know if you agree with me or not, Peter, but that just it seemed odd to hear that report or to read that report when all the evidence prior to kind of shows the contrary. No, I uh, I think you have a really good point, especially like the idea of roping in Ryan Reynolds and stuff. That is, uh, you know, why wouldn't they want to take advantage of that opportunity? Um, I think where it comes where it comes in is D or Warner Brothers is probably pro Ryan Reynolds, but anti having a connection to the green movie going forward, just because that movie wasn't received as well as uh, maybe they hoped. So that's, that's all I'm thinking is maybe they just kind of, you know, want to separate it from the movie, but they're still happy to have Ryan Reynolds come on board. Um, Yeah. And the thing with Ryan Reynolds coming on board is like, they've announced the green lantern, television show that they're going to do on HBO Max, but Hal Jordan is not a part of the lineup. If Hal Jordan was being, if there's a, I wonder if there's a chance that because Zack Snyder approached Ryan Reynolds saying, hey, I need you to be Green Lantern in this, that might be why Hal Jordan's not a part of that lineup. Yeah. Just a yes. thought. That it's Just a thought. I don't know. Um, I, I just thought it was odd, so I wouldn't say Warner Brothers is against it and trying to block everything when they've uh, devoted themselves to creating a multiverse and including the idea that everything that they've created is all a part of one single giant universe <laughs> or multiverse, if you will. Yeah, uh, actually, th- those are all really good points. I mean, I can't really refute any of that. And uh, right. you might be right about why, why they're not um, – including Hal Jordan in the TV show Um, really quick. I mean, I didn't know if you had more to say on that, but uh, I just wanted to say uh, you were talking about DC's slate of uh, movies that are coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wanted to clarify that's called the slate Wilson. That's what they call it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is that a really bad dad joke? What's that? Is that a really bad dad joke? It's a really, it's a really good dad joke, in I mean, my opinion. I guess so. Um, Bren, do you have any questions about the Snyder Cut? Is there anything you're not aware of? Because I've had to break this down a couple times, so I don't mind doing it for the sake of anyone tuning into the show for the first time tonight. 
No, I think I'm good. I'm, I mean, I've listened to all the podcasts, so I'm just, I'm just excited. Okay. Okay, good. Fantastic. Uh, it was funny. My kid wanted to watch Justice League the other night, and I told him no. And he said, <laughs> not until the Snyder and he said, And he said, why not? And I said, because we have no need to ever watch that movie again. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I, I know you said that you didn't like, like it, and that's probably because of the whole Snyder Cut no. thing. But, like, I like that movie, so I'm just excited of how much more I'm going to like the Snyder yeah, Cut. You're going to get four hours of Justice League as opposed to two. My, I didn't not like Justice League. The Whedon Cut is fine. There's a lot of good in the Whedon Cut, but there's some pieces in it that when you find out things that happened in terms of what he changed, then you have to think to yourself, okay, hold on, there's a whole other movie I didn't get, and I felt I started to feel cheated. Um and if you know and if you're really versed in the Justice League comic books or the Justice League animated television shows they did back in the 90s or the early 2000s, the movie very well felt like an episode of the animated series or an, or an issue of the comic book. But when you find out that Zack Snyder had this whole plan that never got they never let him get to see, that's where it got. It was like, hold on a second. I feel like I didn't get the movie I was supposed to get. So overall, I did like the movie. Um, yeah, just yeah, I'm kind of on the same fun. page. Like I fun. enjoyed it, but I know we could have gotten so much more. So I was disappointed, but overall, I mean, it's still a superhero, my favorite characters in it. So I'm going to love it to an extent, you know? So, yeah. Um, all right. So let's jump over to Marvel. I got one Marvel story for you. Um, Oscar Isaac played Poe Dameron in uh, Star Wars is in talks to portray Moon Knight in the Disney Plus series. Um, this is like awesome. Um, I don't know if either of you two are versed in Moon Knight, but I think this is like a really cool idea. Um, I'm totally behind this casting. Um, do you have any thoughts before we move on? Bryn, do you have any questions about Moon Knight? Do you even know who that is? <laughs> yeah, I, I know nothing. Okay, Moon Knight, I guess the best way of wording it is like the Marvel version of Batman, if that makes sense. It's like it's like when because DC and Marvel piggyback off each other all the time. And when one company has something that's making a ton of money, the other company kind of goes, hey, maybe we should make a character like that. Um, Moon Knight definitely did not have the uh, fan backing the way Batman does. But it was kind of like if you had to liken him to anyone on the other side of the coin, uh, Moon Knight's the closest thing Marvel's got to a Batman. Um, this is uh, mercenary uh, Mark Mark Spector. He was left for dead in an Egyptian desert, and then um, the Egypt one of the Egyptian god who I'm not even going to try and pronounce that name uh, saved his life and gave him superhuman powers, returning him back to the United States, and he became the crime fighter known as Moon Knight. Um, if that's a real quick backstory, so yeah. I actually uh, I actually actually appreciate uh, that backstory because like Moon Knight's one of those characters that I think has never captivated me like other characters have. Like, I feel like I've read his Wikipedia page a number of times and I've read like some Moon Knight comics, uh, mostly when uh, the artist David Finch was drawing his comics just because the artwork was so amazing when he was doing that. But uh I don't know why I can never like remember his powers and his backstory and stuff. And I think it's just cause he's never captivated me in that way. Um, or as much as like other characters per se, but 
with all that being said, Oscar Isaac is an awesome actor, so I'm happy to see him come to the MCU. I think that's going to be really awesome. Um, and I've always loved the... Uh, I, I like Moon Knight because he's a darker character. You know, he's got a really cool costume. And, like, I just... I'm I'm excited to see that in live action. You know what I mean? For me with Moon Knight, because I never read any Moon Knight comic books. Um, I just know him as, like... I've never read any Moon Knight specific. He's always been a supporting character and other things I've read. But... yeah. He always just looks awesome and he's always drawn in these really great ways and poses. And you're just like, God, that guy's cool looking. You know what I mean? So um, I'm I'm excited for it because everything they've shown so far for Disney Plus, I'm behind pretty much anything Marvel wants to do as far as like their cinematic universe they're building because they're doing such a great job so far. Um, I agree, but we still haven't seen any of the shows, which is crazy. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, WandaVision, WandaVision is um, uh, Christmas, December. Oh, so nice. We're not I far mean, off. I mean, from, well, uh, keep going. No, we're just not far off from WandaVision. So. Wait, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at... Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, I get it just because of COVID. I just want to actually see these shows to, like, one, see them, but then also to do things like judge based on WandaVision, how good Moon Knight's going to be. Um, but yeah, sorry, uh, Bryn, what were you saying? I would just like Googled Moon Knight and there's a, like this really cool picture that came up with him standing on Cap's shield with like a Spider-Man arm and a Wolverine arm. Yeah, um, I got to see that picture. So <laughs> <laughs> did you just you just Googled Moon Knight? Yeah, I'll send it to you. Oh, you're going to send it to me? Okay, I'll take that. I was going to just Google it myself, but I'll take the... Um, so we're going to get derailed a little bit. <laughs> Bryn uh, um, sends me that picture. But, um, all right, so moving on while I'm waiting for this picture from Bren, um, Are you guys, let's see. So Avatar 2 is coming. Um, apparently there's going to be some underwater aspect to it. Um, I didn't, I was not aware Kate Winslet is in Avatar 2. Um, oh, cool. But they released a set photo of Kate Winslet in Avatar 2 um, in her. It's funny when they say diving into her. It says uh, Kate Winslet is really diving into her new role for the Avatar sequel. Um, <laughs> and it makes me laugh because it's a set photo, but it's Avatar. And because of the level of um, because of the level because of the level of CG that movie has. Um, she's literally in an underwater motion capture suit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so there's not much there. I just I just didn't know she was in the movie, so I thought that was uh, noteworthy to say. Hey, Kate Winslet's going to be an Avatar too. Is this? I so I don't know, but is this the first time her and uh, James Cameron have have worked together since Titanic? Have they done anything else? Um, real quick, Bren. That's an awesome picture, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a really cool photo um but yeah that's the thing with moon knight he's always putting these really cool like his costumes for not like he's just cool um anyway what was your question peter oh no has uh james cameron and kate Wins winslet worked together uh since titanic is this like the first time they've reunited so to speak uh possibly yeah yeah i mean i, I mean i don't have to look that up sure, but possibly but... Yeah, it seems like a good possibility, which is kind of a cool little tidbit there. But uh, yeah. OK, a couple more stories. First off, um, Netflix is about to start on a live action Assassin's Creed series. Uh, uh, hopefully it's better than the movie. Well, I was going to say that in the movie, there were parts of the movie that actually weren't that bad, but they took 
a really complicated thing and tried to squeeze it into two hours. Um, and I'm saying squeeze it into two hours. Um, I really think the movie could have, there's a lot of things that they missed the boat on big time with the movie, especially the animus, for example. Um, uh, Bryn, do you know anything about Assassin's Creed? Only from you guys talking about it on the show. I don't know anything personal. Okay, so have we even so, talked much about Assassin's Creed on the show? Might have when uh, I reviewed the movie when I finally got it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I haven't even seen the movie. <laughs> I just oh. heard it was bad. That's why I said hopefully the show is better. But uh, um, wait, is it a video game? It is a video yeah. game. Yeah, I think um, you talked a, about it on a video game. Episode. Oh, that makes sense. Maybe. Uh, Bryn basically. <laughs> Sorry, <is>. my bad. <laughs> so for Bryn and anyone out there who has not played Assassin's Creed or doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, basically the idea of the video game is this science, this company, Aperture Science, has, is it Aperture? Aperture is a uh, portal. Portal. Um, I don't know the company in Assassin's Creed, though. Aperture is portal. It starts with an A. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Portal kind of messed me up there. Anyway, the the Umbrella Corporation. <laughs> yeah. Um, this company, Bryn, basically, they found a way to access genetic memory. <coughs> For example, they could they built this like computer that would simulate genetic memories that were passed down over the course of well, however many generations. So like you could actually go back in time and relive parts of your ancestors' lives back, you know, colonial times, Egyptian times, you know, Civil War, like, you could go back and actually, like, see these things. Um, and the main character is a part of a long lineage of assassins um, throughout the course of history, and they're digging up things in his past that are conspiracies that are dealing with today's events from the past, from this assassin's guild um, back then. Um, the concept is really cool. The games are fantastic. Um, but it's a really, but that's, but that sentence alone, that tiny little bubble I just explained is really complicated to explore on screen, I think. And that's where I think the movie failed. They just tried to condense it too much. Um, but on a television show, that's long form and they have many hours to put it all together, if you will. Yeah, plus um, you're, they're going to have a lot of parkour in there. They're going to have a lot of action <laughs> scenes. No, but it, but it is it is true because, like, the action and the sort of, like... I like, city, how you, um, I just like how you defended the show with parkour, but go ahead. <laughs> well, no, but my point is, like, a big part of Assassin's Creed is, like, how the characters move across, like, the environments they are and how, like, parkour and, like, scaling walls and stuff comes into play a lot. And in a movie, what you think of of a movie, they're probably only going to have like two or three sort of big action set pieces where if they do like a full series, they can do, you know, one or two every episode. So you're going to get a lot more of that action that you're craving as well. So, yeah, yeah. um, Um, yeah, and they could be they could do a really nice (laughs) back and forth between the real world and the simulation and stuff. They could they could do some really cool stuff with that um, in the long form if done, if treated well. Yeah. Uh, Okay, real quick, we'll just burn through these three real fast. First off, uh, you know about the net uh, Animaniacs returning, right, Peter? Yeah, yeah, I okay. know about it. <laughs> An- Animaniacs is coming back to Hulu. Um, I'm a big Animaniacs fan. Love it. Can't wait. I don't know if you were an Animaniacs fan or not, Bren, but um, such a phenomenal cartoon. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Okay, um, because Animaniacs is coming back, Tiny Toons is coming back as well. 
Okay, uh, nice. Which Tiny Toons, again, awesome. This one will be directly to HBO Max and Cartoon Network. So that one won't just be streaming, which I thought that was awesome um, that they're doing that. Um, Tomb Raider 2 is it delayed indefinitely. Um, this kind of bummed me out because I really liked the first Tomb Raider movie, the Alicia mm-hmm. Vandiker one. Uh, yeah. But they have no filming or production dates in sight, so it's been pulled from the release date calendar. Um, I don't entirely know. The report is very vague. I don't entirely know if that means they're not doing it at all. It just basically says that it's been pulled from the release date schedule. Yeah, they're they're putting it on the back burner for now. Um, yeah, that, that really sucks because I really liked the that first movie as well. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, that last Tomb Raider reboot or whatever, it might be like it's up there. It's one of my favorite video game movies. And uh, I would have just loved to see a sequel. Like I felt like they did so much right in that movie. But um, I guess, it, you know, if the audience isn't there, the audience is, isn't there. You know, what can you I'm do? not sure if it's an issue of audience so much that is is then there. All the studios right now are trying to what losses, what's going to make us money? What are the losses we can cut with the realm of theaters shutting down and COVID? And you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that'd be my guess. Um, I don't entirely know. I just those are some thoughts in terms of why it could have gotten pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to make the bank that they want it to? And in a world where no, nothing is making money because it's not going to, you know, I have no idea. Um, all right. So final news story, and then we will get to the list. Um, is everyone ready to start paying more money for their Netflix? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know about you guys, but I just saw this today. Um, Netflix announced its HD standard plan will increase from $13 to $14 a month. Um, if you are oh, okay. a 4K premium plan subscriber, it's going to go from 16 to $18 a month. And both, not, not that big of a jump, though. And both increases are for U.S. So I just thought I'd mention that. So if anyone wants to cry about it, um, they can. I just it's it's like, you know, I'm still paying a really tiny bundle for Disney Plus. So do you know what I mean? Like, that's actually a really good point. Um, Netflix does. Uh, they do just kind of uh, pump out the content, though, like. I feel like more so than any other streaming service I've seen, like they always have new things coming out. You can't even keep up with it. But uh, honestly, like a one or two dollar jump to me doesn't sound like that big of a deal. It's not like they're going from, you know, 16 to 20 or something like that. I think once it's above two bucks, that's when I'll start complaining at least. But uh, yeah, I don't know what what everybody else thinks. (laughs) (laughs) I'd bring any thoughts on that before we jump on the list. I mean, I pay for Disney Plus and I have and I use my parents for Netflix, so it doesn't uh, matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might cheapest. do I might do something similar. I just we all cheat the system somehow, them. don't we? <laughs> um all right. Well, since we're all a bunch of cheaters and find other ways to watch everyone else's streaming service by share passwords and stuff. Oh, did I say that out loud? We're not on the internet, are we? Um <laughs> Um, that being said, you guys want to talk about the list tonight? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Uh, Ryan, roll the thing. And now for the top five. 
All right. This uh, uh, was your list idea. So you want to uh, just walk us through it for anyone who didn't listen last week? Yeah. So, uh, well, last week we actually had our Halloween episode. So we did our favorite horror villains and it was very gruesome and dismal and dreary. And I wanted to kind of lighten the mood from there a bit. So this week we're talking about about our favorite Marvel superheroes. Um, There's not too much more of an explanation than that. Um, I have two honorable mentions. Uh, Drew, I don't know if I don't know if Drew or Bryn want to say anything about this list at all before we jump in or if we're just going to go for it. So before we jump in, I have um, I have two honorable mentions as well. And uh, I found this list. So just so I feel like I could kind of explain how I tackled this list a little bit. I expected my list to be very um, obscure and like off the wall. Um, because I just, I was like, I read a lot of comic books and as I started compiling the list, I realized, wow, my list is a lot more mainstream than I thought it was going to be. And it really came down to me looking at the wall of books going, oh, that's what I read. Those are clearly my favorite characters. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it can't really comes down to what do you read? I mean, I can tell you like, look, Moon Knight's awesome because he looks cool, but I don't know enough about him to put him on this list. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it came down to what have I consumed my whole life? So um, my list was a lot more mainstream, but the movies have also influenced a lot of my opinions. So um, be, just because like one character on my list, for example, might not have been there if it wasn't for the films or if it wasn't for, you know, like certain comic book uh, story arcs. Um, so, yeah, I have two honorable mentions, but. That's where I'm at with that. So. I, I can say I actually agree with everything you just <laughs> said is my exact same experience with the list from it being the characters being more mainstream than you wanted and, and the movies impacting it. But also just like I even had a character, uh, not uh, Moon Knight, but a uh, Ghost Rider, for example, like I love the visual of Ghost Rider, but I've never been that connected to the character or any of his stories that I've read with him in it. So he just didn't make the list. So, um, yeah, I basically agree with everything you just said, actually. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if Bryn has any honorable mentions or any comments on the list or if we should just jump in at this point. My only comment is that everyone that's not on my top five is an honorable mention because I realize that I like everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Brynn is a well, that's- I remember you came on an episode, Brynn, a while back. I do not remember the episode number, but it was literally let's talk about our least favorite Marvel characters and the, t- and the hard time you had putting it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like everyone and I like go through spurts where like I'll watch a movie and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, this person is my favorite. Like he's the best or she's the best. And then I'll watch another one and then I'll be like on that train and be like oh my gosh they're so good so every it's like i go through like spurts of who's my favorite and it's always changing but it's really everyone well before to, we to get... be fair we are talking about heroes though so no, um there's probably I'm... a lot of side characters that you might not like i know there is for me at least but or maybe at least a couple that you don't like well the first thing when andy or drew asked me to be on this it, it was <laughs> <laughs> he was like that it's Marvel heroes, do you want in? And then I was like, well, does this person count? Does this person count? And I like tried to argue my side of it. <laughs> so I'm I'm sticking to my guns and I'm gonna say who I'm gonna say. And they're probably not considered heroes, but they are heroes to me. 
How about this? As far as I'm, as far as this, as far as I'm concerned, if you can argue your point, I will allow the pick because that's the whole point of this game is just to have a good conversation, right? Yeah. Um. So I'm, everyone... I'm thinking like with that description, though, I feel like Bryn's list is going to be like Aunt May, uh, Peter Parker's landlord, from <laughs> Sam Raimi films. Uh, I'm just trying to think of ridiculous things, but uh, 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 Bruce Campbell from the Sam Raimi films. Oh, that there's another one. <laughs> there's another one because he was a different character in each one. But he uh, he he's the only he's the only non superhero to defeat Spider-Man. Um mm. it, if you watch the movies, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, before we get rolling, Bryn, have you have you been noticing Disney Plus has been acquiring more and more of the X-Men and Fantastic Four films and like all the other Marvel properties? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty okay. sure every time I see one, I snap it to you and say, oh, my gosh, look what's <laughs> on Disney Plus. <laughs> you do sometimes, yeah. Um, and then I also want to remind everybody, I don't know when this is supposed to start, but um, on the Star Wars side of Disney Plus, uh, there's the Disney gallery show, which is basically the making of the Mandalorian. And I have a feeling that's going to remain a star Wars property and end up being the making star Wars stuff. Um, Marvel is getting their own. It's called six one six. I don't know what the significance of the number is. I've been meaning to look it up, but every time I think about it, it's when we're on the show and then I don't look it up. Um, it's so, a moon night thing. Is it? No, I'm just making it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> None of us know about Moon Knight. <laughs> we don't know enough about it. Um, no, but six one. It's going to be called Six One Six, and it's basically going to be a making of the Marvel Universe. Um, so I have a feeling it might go into some old school like comic backstory stuff, but it's also going to be making of the films and the television shows and stuff like that. Um, so that just sounds awesome. Um, I'm definitely checking that out when it starts. I just don't know when it starts. So um, nice. Um, but that'll be on Disney Plus as well. So how about this, Brent? Since your your honorable mention is the Marvel Universe as a whole, um, so Peter. and I have one actual honorable mention that's like a little bit higher than all the other honorable mentions. Okay, perfect. which is which is Black Panther. If I'm supposed to go first, uh, I was just gonna let Peter and me go first and roll in. Oh, that's fine. We'll, we'll start. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to force you to because you seemed hesitant about the Marvel Universe. So um, um, any reason, Black Panther? He's just, I mean, awesome. And also the actor is just incredible, too. So I just feel like he needs to be mentioned. Yeah. Sad day, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick uh, moment of silence for the king here. Um, all right, Peter, what's, uh, give me your first honorable mention. Um, you should go first, right? Cause my list. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. So my first honorable mention is, um, Venom actually, uh, oh, nice. Venom skirts the line of hero and villain. And that's why he doesn't make the cut, um, because he's a very much an anti-hero. Um, but when I look back, uh, first off the Venom film, I really like how they handled the Venom film. But when I look back to the comic books and you roll into um, like Maximum Carnage is probably my favorite, um, one of my favorite Spider-Man arcs with Venom in it. Um, and it's basically Venom and Car- Spider-Man have to team up to take down Carnage. And um, just the character looks amazing. Uh, the split personality with the symbiote and the guy and Eddie Brock um, is, is just fantastic. Uh, the way he treats Spider-Man, the way like 
Venom's just awesome, and I don't know anyone who can argue against me. Like, Venom's cool, period. So, um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but Venom was my first one, so. No, no, I love uh, Venom as a character. Um, And just, like, everything you said, but also just, like, the concept of... uh, just the whole symbiote concept and stuff like that. I find fascinating. Um, Venom was on my favorite Marvel villains list. So I excluded him from the heroes one hero one, but I I do understand that he's an anti-hero at many points. So it's kind of hard to distinguish him into one list or the other. Um, But yeah, definitely really agree with Venom. Um, So my honorable mentions are two, two characters and one I like, so one of them, I really like the powers and one, I really like the personality. So I'll start with the one that I really like the personality of, and that is Captain America. Um, uh. And uh, Captain America, I'm not going to lie. I never really liked him that much, <laughs> like growing up and stuff, like when I first started learning about these characters. And I think it's because his power set, I never found that spectacular you know i was like well he is enhanced and he has he's stronger and faster than like a normal person but he's not really that much stronger or faster you know and i think it was really the uh mcu movies that made me appreciate this character like i love his sort of uh his morals and like his like old school like uh ethic and stuff like that and i just really enjoy him in the movies so much um and i do understand that out of, uh, you know, a lot of the, the just comic book superheroes in general, he's a lot more um, believable and maybe realistic compared to other ones. Like you could see him actually being a, uh, you know, if like during World War Two, they actually were experimenting with superhero serums and stuff. He's like a believable character that could come out of it. So I do really like that aspect. It's just kind of uh, the movies is what really made me appreciate this character. So, yeah. Bern, any thoughts on Cap right now? Or you want to save it for later? Um, No, I mean, he's definitely one of my favorites, but I, he is not on my list, I don't think. Oh, interesting. Which is surprising, oh. I know. I, I just wrote something down and he didn't make it. So. <laughs> All right, very cool. All right. So my next uh, honorable mention um, is uh, Gwen Stacy, um, because oh, right. Gwen Stacy took took a big turnaround from being the girl who got thrown off the bridge by the Green Goblin to Spider Gwen and existing um, in a world where Peter Parker didn't get bit by the spider, but she did um, because uh, because of the Spider-Verse. So she's become our hero on her own right. And I don't know a ton about her. I've read a, I've read a handful of comics, but Everything I've read, I really enjoy her as a character in that role. It's almost like, hey, why didn't you go this route instead of Peter Parker back in the day? Like, she's an awesome, awesome character. Um, I'd love to put her higher, but I don't know enough. So she's staying as an honorable mention, but I wanted to bring it up because she's kind of like in a world where I prefer DC over Marvel. She, to me, is like a breath of fresh air in the Marvel Universe. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Peter, but that's just some brief thoughts there. So, uh, so my thoughts are because I'm a horrible person. When you said Gwen Stacy, <laughs> my initial thought was, well, she's not a superhero. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Spider Gwen, of course. Um, I actually haven't really read a lot of comics or anything with her in it. My like most of my experiences with Spider Gwen is from the uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie. But uh, I definitely 
uh, have always liked Gwen Stacy as a character, and um, I really like her in that movie and stuff. Um, and I love her costume. Like, I think her costume is really awesome, too. So, um, yeah, that's probably about all I can say at this point okay. about her, though. That's cool. Um, no, I just think she's awesome, and she looks cool, and she's one of those things like Moon Knight where she gets drawn really well, you know, that kind of thing. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Pete, what's your uh, next honorable mention? And then we're on to actual picks. Yeah, so this is a character who I always loved the costume and the look of a lot, and I always loved his powers, but as, like, a personality, I never, I never really, like, I mean, he's a cool character, but he's never, like, somebody I really identified with and stuff, and that is Gambit. Um, I Like, I think his power is, like, so cool. Like, he turns things into explosives, and he looks really cool, and I love the Cajun aspect to him and stuff like that, but I've never been, like... Yeah, I want to be Gambit. I've just always thought he was like a really awesome, you know, awesome power set, awesome aesthetic sort of thing. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Gambit specifically, but yeah. I've always been a Gambit fan, um, whether it be his powers or his like the way he looks like his costume and stuff like the art design and stuff like Gambit to me has always been really cool, and I always liked the cards. I always thought that was awesome. Um, I don't, Bryn, you know who Gambit is, right? Yeah, no. So I, it's funny because I don't know anything other than like maybe I've seen one, not even a, a full comic, but like, a, like the artwork behind it, and then him in whatever X Men movie, and he really did. He like stood out to me, and I liked him a lot, but I just don't know too much about him for him to make my list, but I, I definitely am drawn to him. Um, yeah, I, cause I was, I was going to say, I know you're specifically only really watch the films. That's why I was curious. I didn't want to like insult you by like, you know who he is. Right. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, I just, I've always liked Gambit, Peter. I don't, he didn't make my list. Unfortunately, he definitely made my short list. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's always like, um, like, I've always liked him a lot, too. He's just one of uh, him and Captain were like some of my top picks that just didn't weren't like all there where they were like one of my favorites. So they just ended up being honorable mentions. But, uh, yeah, um, I guess we can move into the main list of this. Yeah. Part. So um, do you want me to go first, Bryn, or you want to go first? It's got to be one of us. who has got to go last. So I don't care. You don't care. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Why don't you go first then? OK, so. Just because the backstory, I'm choosing Groot, just because before I even started watching any of the the Marvel movies, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy first, and I didn't even know it was part of the Marvel Universe or anything like that, and I just loved that movie, and I was like, Groot was, really got me into it, and so I just feel like he has to be chosen. <laughs> Not only does Groot get you into it, but you and I started like that's when you and I really started talking about Marvel in general at the beginning. And I was like, well, have you watched I go, what do you think of the other movies? And you didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> so exactly. So if, if it weren't for Guardians of the Galaxy and Groot, then I would not be on this podcast right now. That's not entirely true. <laughs> I just I see what you're trying to say. Um, no, Groot, I personally I like Baby Groot the best. I don't know if anyone else has an opinion on that, but Baby Groot was my favorite of the uh, um, the films anyway. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes the whole like favorite question always catches me off guard because people are like, what's your favorite regular Groot or baby Groot? And I'm just like, I, I love them both. I'm not really sure. You know, um, you but know how I kind uh, of skip over teenage Groot like everyone kind of does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but teenage Groot with Thor is hilarious. Well, I'll give you that. But I feel like when we when we talk about Groot, it's always baby Groot or regular Groot. <laughs> Just just like real life. <laughs> like people get kind of obnoxious as teenagers and then you like them again when they're adults. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, well, I actually wanted to. Oh, <laughs> I actually wanted to pick uh, a couple of Guardians characters made my short list. But my issue is like I haven't read a lot of comics with them. I kind of only know them from the movies. And that's just kind of where. Other characters, like, I've read a lot more comics with, and that kind of influenced me a lot more there. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so I guess it's my pick, huh? Yeah. So, um, my pick is uh, Wolverine. Uh, that's my first one. Um, Wolverine made my short list, and I took a long time trying to figure out if he was going to make my five or not. Um, he... Uh, Wolverine has always been a cool character in terms of his personality, in terms of his powers. Um, for the longest time when I was younger, I thought the claws were part of his powers, but they're not. You know what I mean? We all learned that mm -hmm. later, that his claws are actually like um, something else. Um, um, and uh, the... Uh, <laughs> his yellow spandex peter we don't you and i don't have to go into a big argument about costumes um right now uh like we had in our uh, so to fill in everybody peter and i are a group of uh two of four brothers and we have a group text message between the four of us and we got into a big argument about costumes um in comic books uh, <laughs> Which eventually I had to go, I'm out, because <laughs> I couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> well, well, my whole thing is like, uh, like, I, I love the yellow spandex. Like, I love the classic Wolverine costume. But the way Hugh Jackman is is uh, portrayed in the X-Men movies, I can't find a justifiable reason why he would put that costume on. <laughs> like, that just doesn't seem believable as, at all, even though I really want to see it. And that's kind of what. I, I feel like the argument kind of spurred from there where, uh, you know, other people were saying, like, we really want to see him in the costume. Um, but, uh, Drew, that's actually funny that you picked Wolverine because he was uh, the first character I was going to mention as well. <laughs> so okay. he matched on that one. Uh, I've always loved Wolverine, too. I think he's like one of the most relatable characters from the X-Men. Um, I really always liked how he... Uh, just the sort of animalistic um, side and aesthetic to him. I really appreciated. I love uh, his costume, but I also look like that. He looks just as badass when he's just, you know, running around in a wife beater or something like that. And, uh, you know, kicking some ass or whatever it is. Um, and he's just kind of like, he's a cool character, like all around, like he's got really cool powers. I love the claws, the adamantium, like it's kind of hard to, even like nowhere to start start and say enough about him. But I just think I've always thought Wolverine was really awesome. So um, Brent, any thoughts on Wolverine? I mean, you guys pretty much covered it. He's pretty, pretty awesome. I like him a lot. I like a lot of the characters in X-Men more so than like the Iron Man and all of that crew, which I thought was kind oh, of really. Yeah. 
<laughs> Brenda and I had these conversations, Peter, a couple times where when she was she got done, kind of got through the Marvel films, the MCU, and I was handing her the X Men films. It was in the hi- It was in like a movie hiatus, like we were kind of on a break because we were waiting for the next film or something like that. When she started watching X Men, and I start getting these texts going, I think I like these better. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which, which made Not, me laugh, but I, <laughs> hey, I get it, you know, like to eat your own. But go ahead. I do, I, I do think the X Men movies have like they do uh, tackle some more weighty like emotional issues and stuff just in general. So I can definitely see like just from a relatability standpoint, like they might stand out a little bit more in that regard. Yeah, I don't think they're the best like movies, but the characters and like their storylines and like it just seems like. I, it seems like that's a more realistic world, I guess, if that makes sense, that I could, like, mm. see myself being in and it being more normalized than, than like, the idea of, like... And I get they're all one real world and, like, the comics and everything like that, but I just feel like the way that they're filmed, they're just very separate. And, the, like, the whole superhero thing seems a little bit more far-fetched than just like this mutation that's going on that's that certain people have so i just feel like it's a more realistic world that i could like see myself living in if that makes sense i don't it sounds kind of weird but it does x-men is a really weird um it's a it's a social commentary on racism so in a way you already are living in it um in a weird way if, if you understand what i mean by that yeah. <laughs> um the uh what was I going to, I was just going to add, what was I going to say? Shoot. My, uh, complete, uh, blank there. X-Men uh, versus MCU. Something to do with that. Yeah, it was. I just, I, I had a point and then my comment about the real world kind of threw me. So I, mm-hmm. I'll, if I remember it, I'll come back to it. Um, is it Brent? You're going to be your next pick actually. Um, Unless anyone has anything else they want to say about, uh, Wolverine. Nope. <laughs> All right, Brand, your pick. Um, okay, so the next one I have on my list is Iron Man. Okay. And, I mean, that's one of my favorite movies. I wasn't on the show, but I participated in my own little, like, top five Marvel universe oh, film. Yeah, order. So our episode one, <sighs> we tackled the MCU. Yeah, and, I mean, Iron Man one was on my list still it he really stands out to me i love who he is i love tony stark so he's he's definitely one of my favorites nice did you ever did you ever tell me your list at the end Um, i don't know maybe maybe not you could probably guess what it is it's probably well if iron man one made it to the end i don't know if i could guess because i guarantee guardians is on the list um I guarantee Guardians is your number one, but I don't know where the rest would fall for you. So we'll talk about that. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Um, Iron Man. uh, So Iron Man is funny to me because I was never a big Iron Man fan in the comic books at all. And even after the movies, going back and reading anything Iron Man or with him in it, I still can't stand the character, but I like him a lot when it comes to the movies. Um, I don't know if it's because of uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance 
or how they handled the character in the films. But when I read the comic books, I'm like, God, I hate this guy. And then I go watch the movies and I'm like, God, this guy's awesome. <laughs> um, it's a very weird love hate split um, between the two, I guess, uh, mediums. Um, but um, my opinion of Iron Man completely switched when the movies came out. Um, and as we went, I just liked the character more and more and more. Um, Peter, any thoughts on that before I tell you my next pick for the night? I, I would just agree a lot. Like I've, um, I've read some Iron Man comics. Um, a lot of the ones I remembered focused a lot about him being just like rich and an alcoholic. <laughs> and, uh, I think, I think like seeing him in the movies, was just totally different because they focused more on sort of the rebellious attitude of Tony Stark, who that was just so appealing and stuff. And I kind of had the same experience. Like I loved the character in the movies a lot more than like in any comics I read and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, definitely a really good pick though. I love Iron Man for sure. So nice. Okay. So this rolls into me, right? All right. Yeah. So my next one is Scarlet Witch. Um, nice. This has been this was kind of a hard one to uh, claim as a hero because for you read the comic book, she's one of those characters that skirts that line between hero and villain because of the X-Men traits of Brotherhood of Mutants versus X-Men, who are the good guys and who are the bad guys in that um, situation. When you roll into the Avengers side of things, when you look at like books like The Ultimates and like things that happen later, um, Scarlet Witch is definitely a good guy. Um and then you roll into stuff like House of M and Scarlet Witch is the enemy. And then you roll into stuff post House of M, like Avengers vs. X-Men. And Scarlet Witch is looked at as a hero, but everyone hates her for what she did in House of M. Like, it's it's this weird cross. But one of the things that the movies did is the movies created her as a hero. And um, until WandaVision flips that, in my opinion, and I don't know if that's the case, I just have a feeling WandaVision is going to be um, how they're going to introduce uh, the mutants into the MCU. That's my big prediction. Um, and I honestly think WandaVision is going to be a pseudo house of M amalgamation of adapting that book to creating the mutants as opposed to what happened in the, uh, in that book. I don't want to ruin that book because it's so good. And I think everyone needs to read it. Um, including, but, including you. Yeah. You still haven't read that one yet? It's, oh God. I the can't final. find it. I might need to borrow it from you. It's it's the final, it's literally the final page. Like you can kind of, I could probably kind of paraphrase the entire book for you. And it's the final page and you're going to go, wait, what? <laughs> um, we did talk about it on the podcast a couple did, weeks ago. Did I spoil ago. it? Because I don't want, yeah. I don't want to ruin it for Brent. So <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for Brent. Anyway, um, Scarlet Witch, what they did with her, like she is, in my opinion, the most powerful Marvel character. Um, they downplayed her in the movie for sure because Scarlet Witch technically has reality altering abilities. So in a really weird way, she could have just said uh, no more Thanos and the whole thing would have been over. Um, and if you watch Endgame, if you watch Endgame, there is a moment where you basically get that where Thanos is like, I don't even know who you are. And she's like, you will. And then she's got him dead to rights. And then he basically calls he, he basically the only the only thing that messed her up was the distraction of the fact that he told his ship just lay waste with the guns. So, um, yes. And I was like that. That was the moment. I'm like, here we go. Here's the Scarlet Witch moment. And then that happened. But if you watch that scene, she's got him. Um, 
So I think we'll move to her true powers when we see WandaVision. So I don't know if anyone else has anything to add on that. So um, I like Scarlet Witch a lot. She made my short list. Um, and she is from what I've seen from what I've seen of her. I actually really, really love her power set. I think it's portrayed in the movies really well. I think the reason she didn't make my final list is I just don't know enough about her. I haven't read enough comics that kind of featured her and stuff like that so it's kind of more something where i'm basing it off of the movies and even in the movies i feel like we've just kind of gotten a taste of the character um and so like even though from what i've seen i think she's awesome i just don't i haven't experienced enough scarlet witch for her to make my final list sort of thing sure um peter yeah okay cool um so my next pick is the hulk um, the Incredible Hulk, uh, whatever you, whatever you want to call him. Uh, this is a character who, when I first started getting into comics, the Hulk always stood out to me, and that's just because of how much of a crazy visual he is. Like, it once you get into superheroes, like he's just huge and green, and you can't not pay attention to him. At least you can't not know about him. Um, and I think uh, he's always kind of like drawn. I've always been drawn to him from that that aspect but also just the the sort of uh i guess like the whole like monstrous aspect of him as well um but i think uh there's two things that i think has gotten me to appreciate the hulk more and one is uh honestly all of his of his movie portrayals like i really liked the uh like i i appreciated the ang lee hulk movie for what it was and i liked the uh I can't remember the actor's name, but the Incredible Hulk movie. Um, and then uh, which actor? That? Which actor? Uh, which which? I, so it was Eric Bana in the Ang Lee yeah, film. Yeah, Eric, Eric. And then Eric it was Bana. Edward Norton in the other one. Edward Norton, thank you. Yeah, that's the name I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the Edward Norton movie as well. And then uh, Mark Ruffalo has just been doing a great job on the character. Um, and I actually never really read a lot of. Uh, Hulk comics, but I got really into the uh, the whole like Red Hulk saga, and that was a big part of that is because you had like uh, Ed McGinnis and uh, Art Adams were drawing a lot of those issues, and those are two of my favorite artists, so I just had to read a lot of that. So I think reading those comics uh, really gave me an appreciation for the character too. Um, one thing I can say about Hulk comics from the ones that I've read is just. When you read a Hulk comic, you're going to see some awesome brawls. You're going to see a lot of awesome action, and it's going to be a good time. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I have too much else to say about the character. I don't know if either of you have any comments, but, yeah, the Hulk. Um, I will say this. Um, uh, recommendation for you, Peter. Uh, read uh, Hulk Gray, um, which Yeah, is that's uh, Tim Sal, right? Tim Sal and Jeff Loeb. It's yeah, I need to read that. It is my favorite Incredible Hulk book. Um, definitely check that out. It's fantastic. And then when you're nice. done with that, go read Spider-Man Blue um, because that's also absolutely phenomenal. Nice. I've um, mostly read Tim Sale's DC stuff, so I'll, I'll definitely have to check those out. Yeah, those two specifically are amazing. Uh, they also did a Daredevil one and a Captain America one. The only one I didn't read was Captain America um, because it got delayed really bad and I just never got a chance to pick it up. Um uh, so anyway, yeah, go read Hulk Gray. Uh, Brent, any thoughts on Hulk? No, I'm not nothing that you guys haven't already said. I mean, I really liked I liked the the Incredible Hulk book 
Hulk the first one, but then when Mark Ruffalo became Hulk, I just had a greater appreciation for it. I think he did a really good job. Um, did you see the Ang Lee film, Bryn? Uh, no, I did not. Eric Bannon. Oh, that'd be... It'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on that movie because it's it, weird. <laughs> it would be. And if you want, I have it. You're welcome to borrow it. The um, uh, the Angley Hulk, it's I thought everything was phenomenal up to the last 10 minutes. That's where I think the movie kind of fell apart a little bit, in my opinion. But that's just because they tried to do something that I think was I don't think they needed to do that for the final ending of the film. Um, that does but, make sense. Um Sorry, I'm like kind of agreeing with you, but I do think that movie showed off the Hulk's powers in a way that no other movie has, um, um, which is a only, big defense I have that, for it. I, not only that, but it handled the origin and set everything up really, really well. And then when, yeah. you, watch, and when you watch the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk, they cover that Ang Lee, Ang Lee film in the credits at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Bren, you definitely should check it out. It's I think it's good. Um, so it's, I, I, I said it'd be interesting because it's filmed in a very like almost experimental like way where Ang Lee was trying to emulate a live action comic book. And uh, I guess like if you watch it, you just have to remember, like, this is a movie that was made before any of these Avengers movies, like this is an older movie and it's just kind of, uh, I feel like it's a bit of a time capsule from the mid two thousands or whenever it came out a little bit. Um, I also prefer Jennifer Conley as Betty Ross over, uh, Liv Tyler. So, um, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Bryn, what is your number three for the night? Um, I, it was actually Scarlet, Witch. Oh, so, nice. I mean, we already talked about her. I, I really like her. Do you have anything to add? No, just that she made me dress up for Halloween for the first time in like 15 years. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and that's, that is a phenomenal Scarlet Witch piece together. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> I was I was really impressed with those pictures you sent me. Um, uh, so that lead bumps into mine, which is Captain America. Uh, oh, nice. So Cap for me, like I've always liked Captain America. Um in general, uh, it's definitely one that I've read a lot. I love the the Winter Soldier saga by Ed Brubaker is probably my favorite of the story arcs. Um, that's also my favorite Marvel film. Like I got so excited when they announced the Winter Soldier was going to be the next Iron Man film. Um, so this this is, it was all just great news. I'm like, oh my god, they're doing this for real. This is amazing. Um, I was very skeptical when they cast um, Chris Evans as Captain America because we had just gotten done with him being the Human Torch. And I was like, really? Okay, that's all right. I don't buy it yet, but that's cool. And then, like, you just sell it right away. It's just fantastic. Um, And then as we grew with... and as we grew with the MCU, the character just got cooler and cooler. And um, it made me go back and read a lot of Avengers stuff that... um, uh, go back and not only read a lot of Avengers stuff I missed out on, but reread some stuff like like the old school Secret Wars and go back and read like a lot of other things that uh, were just uh, yeah I don't know Captain America's I just I've always liked the character as a whole I do wish in the uh, movies they did a little bit more with the Sharon Carter um, relationship um, but um, but that's just because I like Sharon Carter and how they handled this and stuff in the comics but it looks like we might get more of that anyway because um, she is a part of uh, uh, 
Falcon, Falcon on the Winter Soldier. Yeah. So we might get more of that anyway. But uh, Captain America, as is Steve Rogers, Captain America, so people aren't confusing it with the fact that the Falcon was kept for a little while, and same with Bucky. So um, do you two have any more? As I know, Peter, you talked about it a little bit, but uh, does anyone yeah. just add to that before we move on? I would just say we can all agree that his costume in the first Avengers movie was just awesome. Was just great. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I actually do. That's really, the one. I actually really like that costume, one. but huh? That's my least favorite one. Right. No, I actually do like that costume a lot, but I know everybody hates it. That's <laughs> the only reason I wanted to say that. <laughs> I I know a lot of people that like it. I just think he looks like he's wearing his pajamas in that movie. Um. So, uh, Peter, this is your pick. Oh, right. Um, okay. So my next pick is Thor. Um, this is another character who the movies kind of, uh, drove this character home from, for me. I think, uh, like I had encountered him in comics before, but he was always more of a, like, I, I never read a lot of the Thor solo comics proper. Like I kind of, experienced him like in cameos of like other characters comics and stuff a lot um i always thought thor was really cool but i think watching the movies really proved to me like a lot of really cool aspects of the character like i really like the uh sort of mythology like norse mythology aspect to it um it's kind of he kind of exists in this really neat sort of uh, mesh between like superhero and uh, fantasy genres. And I think that's a really awesome aspect to the, of the character. Um, just in the movies, he's one of my favorite. I think he's like super relatable. He's he's ended up being like a really hilarious character and uh, really endearing for a lot of reasons while also being really badass. Um, I will say at the end of Ragnarok, when he kind of lost the need for his hammer and he was able to like summon lightning on his own and stuff. That was just so cool. And I kind of wish they stuck with that instead of making him like have to get like a new hammer and in, uh, infinity war and stuff like that. But maybe they'll come back to that sort of concept uh, in another film or two. But uh, yeah, I just have kind of over the years uh, appreciated Thor more as more, more and more, more and more as time goes on. So there you go. Um, Brian, any thoughts on Thor? No, I agree 100%. And I, when I started watching like the movies, I did not like Thor. I thought he was like the worst Avenger. And the first, with from the first two movies, he just kind of was like annoying to me. And then Thor Ragnarok, I just, it was like a total turnaround. Like I thought he was awesome. Like his power, exactly like not needing the hammer and everything is just, it was just so cool. And I was like, okay, I love Thor. Like, yeah, he is the best. Yeah, I loved I loved the breakdown of the character cutting like it's like, how do we take this character and we we basically have to strip him of everything and then reconstruct him. So it was a whole deconstruction and a reconstruction in one movie. Cut the hair, destroy the hammer, um, make the character figure out who he really is and then go. You know what I mean? Um, Thor Ragnarok was just brilliant. And it makes me really excited for Thor four. Um, especially because we're going to get to see Lady Thor and deal with uh, that. Um, so, yeah, yeah I don't, absolutely. You guys got quiet, so I'm like, I don't know if that or what that means. Um, <laughs> um, 
No, I I absolutely agree. I'm looking forward to that movie too. Um, And I also kind of agree with Bryn. Like I know that he was kind of annoying in the first couple of movies. And even in the first movie, since he, it was such a fish out of water, water story, he was kind of like, he almost seemed like a bumbling idiot at certain points, but I found that really funny and endearing (laughs) just personally. So, Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, We can move on if you guys want to. Uh, Bryn, it's your pick. All right, so my next two picks, I have a theme where I might have to argue my case. I'm just kind of curious which one you're going to pick first because I know which what these two are. So I know, and you could probably guess which one is next um, beca- and which one I'm saving for last. But um, my next pick would be Loki. Uh, okay. mm. I like was talking about how I was going to do this pick and everyone was like, he's not a hero, he's not a hero, but... Really, I think he is a hero because he, I mean, he died, like, he he literally, li- like, gave his life for, like, the a most important cause of, like, saving the world. And I just feel like that's exactly what a hero is supposed to do is put their life on the line to save people and save the world. So I'm choosing Loki. I think he's just such a fun character. I like the, the mischief and... So he's he's definitely on my list. To back of your point, he gave his life to save the universe. Exactly, uh, even bigger. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're strengthening my case. He he tried. Um, and then um, I'm really curious because we got a Loki show coming, Brand. You know that, right? Uh, yeah, I'm so excited. I I yeah. have my little lanyard for at school that carries my keys. That's my little Loki that follows me around. So I'm a huge Loki fan. Did you, Bryn, because you're a big Loki fan, do you ever go on heruniverse.com and look at their clothing? Yes, and I, and I always put it in my cart, but then I never pull the trigger. So have you seen the Loki jacket? No, I haven't seen the jacket. Okay, you're going to have to go take a look because the Loki jacket's actually really cool looking. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you sh- and uh, pull your, pull the trigger. This Look, if you're going to, in a COVID world, it's okay to splurge every once in a while and pamper yourself. So, uh <laughs> As they would say in Parks and Rec, friend, treat yourself and go get yourself uh, something from her universe. Um, all right. So my next one is uh, Black Widow. Um, she is one that grew with the movies. I've always liked the character. I always thought she was cool in the comics and stuff. But because of the movies, she grew with me big time. Became She's literally of the film. She's my favorite Avenger. Um, and I'm still, I'm not saddened. I haven't, I'm stuck in this state of anger that they killed her at Endgame. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm still angry that she died. And every time I watch Endgame and we get to that scene, I just, I just get mad. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had a swallowed wrong there for a second, but no, um, the way they handled the character in the movie was fantastic. Um, and I can't. I can't talk her up more. And I know like everyone listening to this has watched all the Avengers movies. I'm like, yeah, we know. But um, she was she was like my favorite part of like all the movies. And I loved when she made appearances in other films. So, yeah, Iron Man, too. But like making her a major role in like Winter Soldier, making her a major role in like Civil War, adding her. You know what I mean? Like adding her in where like she was important to do so. And come on, Disney, I know you're listening. Um, get us Black Widow, the movie. I want to see it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, any thoughts before we move on to Peter's pick from either of you? I think it's a good point that uh, she has had a lot of like really cool behind the scenes aspect uh, 
cameos and stuff like how you're pointing out about Winter Soldier and stuff like that. Um, I really like her character in the movies. Um, personally, I always get more drawn to more of the fantastical, like super powered characters, which is the only reason she doesn't make my final list. But uh, definitely a good pick. Um, yeah. So, Peter, this is yours. Unless Brenda, you okay. had anything about Black Widow. No, I mean, I liked her, too. I would have. I would have picked her for a Halloween costume too if I thought that I could pull off the spandex like leather legging look. But she, I mean, I love, I love her too. She's one of my favorites. She made my, she would be on my short, short list. Short, short list. <laughs> so it's so a new term we're going to start using on the show. Well, no, it, it falls into our honorable mentions, which is the entirety of the Marvel universe. <laughs> yeah. so, um, Peter, what do you got? Yeah, um, so my next pick, uh, which came off the shortest of lists before I compiled my final list. No, just kidding. Um, I'm actually uh, glad that Bryn uh, picked Loki with the controversial one, because my next pick is kind of controversial, too. And that is Deadpool. Um, Ah. Deadpool, in his first appearance in the comics, he was a villain for uh, the X-Force um, oh, no, wait, it was the New Mutants. Sorry, I misspoke. But he was definitely inter- introduced as a villain. And uh, through the years, he's became an anti-hero. And I think with the movies and everything, I think the general consensus among just, you know, the general populace, I believe, is that Deadpool people. I think people do think of Deadpool as a hero. I think he's portrayed um, more as an anti-hero or hero than anything else at this point. Um And this is a character that I've always liked. I haven't read enough of his comics. Like, uh, I've read a couple of the big sort of arcs, like uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. And uh, I started reading the... uh, they have uh, trade paperbacks that are like the classic uh, Deadpool's that start at his first appearance and kind of take you through a bunch of issues. And I've I've read a couple of those trades, but I need to get back on that because I just feel like I haven't read enough of his comics. But uh, he's a character that once you get the sort of fourth wall breaking, like uh, jokey Deadpool, like I just think that character is so much fun. Um, I've loved Ryan Reynolds portrayal of him in the movies. Um, he's obviously has a really cool costume. His powers are really awesome too. Um, you know, Wolverine made my list. So I guess regenerative abilities is definitely something I like, but, uh, yeah, I think just Deadpool's cool all around, even though I know he's really popular. So it feels very, uh, cliche to pick him as one of my favorites but he just i like him enough that i don't care you know sort of thing so yeah um no yeah i Brent, anything to add on deadpool before i say anything no i mean that those are good reasons (laughs) okay um (laughs) what i the one thing i wanted to bring up i prefer like i really like deadpool and and everything you said peter but What's interesting is I find Deadpool comics incredibly difficult to read. Um, and because of the fourth wall breaking, I find it difficult to read. Um, it's it's very bizarre and um, like it's almost like there's Deadpool exists kind of in a pocket of uh, no continuity in the Marvel. Yeah. Universe. Like you just kind of can appear and do whatever he wants because he's Deadpool, which is awesome to have the ability to do that for any character. And you can just pop him <laughs> up. You want Deadpool, but I find that difficult to read because everything feels all over the place. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, 
you you read one of his comics for the gags and the experience uh, rather than the continuity and like the overarching story. It's more of a it's kind of a it, it is a different um, style of narrative, um, I guess, to put it like as nicely as possible. So I definitely understand what you mean. I just I enjoy the gags and the nonsense and the fourth wall breaking, but I definitely understand that uh, criticism for sure. Um, yeah, so I guess this rolls to Bryn. You get next pick. It's your final pick of the night. Yeah, and maybe one of the most controversial picks, but um, my last pick is Magneto. Kind of the same reasons as Loki of being a hero is that, like, I mean, in Days of Future Past, he kind of gave his life up to, like, save certain people so they could fix and save the mutants. So I guess he was kind of doing it for himself because it's always about the mutants, but... I just really like him as a character. I think he might be one of my all-time favorites of, like, everyone. And even though he does some pretty questionable things, he still does some good things, too. Um, With Magneto... See, this is the first one you asked me about, Bren, and I kind of looked at it as if you can argue it, I'm totally down, but I was almost, like, arguing it for you when you were texting me about it. Um, Because I'm like, yeah, absolutely, because in a weird way... When you when you pay attention to the movies and how like when you read the comic books, I feel like Magneto is always the bad guy. But when you read the comic books, um, sorry, when you read the comic books, I always felt like Magneto is the bad guy. Same thing with like when you watch the old X-Men cartoon, like that's on Disney Plus, the uh, 90s X-Men. But when you get to the films, I feel like they flipped it where Magneto has been the good guy the whole time. And it made me look at the comics differently. And I'm like, well, maybe Magneto was the good guy the whole time. Um, and it's that history was written by the winners kind of thing, as opposed to, um, you know what I mean? If that makes sense to you guys. Um, but yeah, totally. Brent, I completely understand. And uh, Magneto, I definitely see it that way too. So I don't know if you wanted to add anything or Peter, if you had anything to add to that. So. I think it's just kind of uh, I mean, we've talked a lot of uh, just about X-Men in general on this list, but I think it's a testament to just how good the X-Men comics are, that there's that level of uh, nuance where you can read uh, Magneto as the hero, even when he's like being portrayed as the villain. And I love that it's uh, there's a real realistic sort of um, political aspect to it where it's like you know magneto and professor x see eye to eye on a lot of things they believe a lot of the same things are problems but they just disagree on how to solve those problems and uh stuff like that you know and i i think it's a really cool dichotomy with both characters um i think magneto is just a as far as like just superheroes being portrayed in movies, he has one of the most interesting backstories um, to him as well as just like his power sets. Awesome. His costume always looks cool. Like every iteration of it I've seen. So uh, yeah, definitely an awesome pick. Um, I don't know what else to say, but yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Nice. All right. Uh, Brent, anything to add on Magneto because he's your favorite and you know, you and I've had so many conversations about how much you like the character. (laughs) I mean, just I got to rep my man and say, watch X-Men, the second movie, if you haven't seen it, because he has the sickest scene ever, even though he's doing something really bad in it when he escapes the oh, the when he's he, being when held he, in. The, the, on, in X2, the prison yeah. break scene. Oh, yeah. That's still one of the best scenes ever to show off his powers. Do you, do you prefer um, 
young X-Men versus old X-Men? I prefer... I prefer... Not X-Men, I'm sorry, Magneto. The, Mag- I prefer... Uh, I misspoke. Uh, Ian McKellen, uh, Magneto versus uh, Michael Fassbender, Magneto. So I like them both a lot. I kind of feel like I was robbed of old Magneto because I, like... I wanted I wanted to see more of him, and I and he didn't get a farewell in the movies, and I and I really did like him that portrayal of him. I like um, the younger p- portrayal as well. I just feel like I wanted more before I got the younger one. Gotcha. I really um, I mean I like them both. I actually prefer uh, Michael Fassbender, Magneto. I I I felt for the character, and I kind of I felt identified with the character more when Michael Fassbender took over the role. Um, I think the I think the level of torment was there a little bit more, um, in terms of like his life experiences. I don't know because you didn't get enough of the old one to know. Maybe, maybe. And or plus, maybe. all that torture is through his younger years. So I mean, you get that's how that's how he became who he was as the older version. Right. So right. I think it, they're very they're very good. I like both of them. I'm going to actually vote for the older version, like Ian McKellen. I just think uh, his portrayal of the character was really good, but also just something about it, like everything he did and said in that role, like had such a weight that you would feel to it where Michael Fassbender is an awesome actor. And like, I liked his portrayal as well a lot. I just think it's just on an acting level. I think it's hard to beat Ian McKellen sort of thing. So that's just kind of probably factors into it as well. Nice. Um, all right. So this rolls to me. Okay. So I put a lot of thought into this and I realized I own more of this character's, uh, books than any other Marvel character. And that would be Spider-Man. Um, (laughs) whether I have my opinions of Andrew Garfield over Tobey Maguire, over Tom Holland, you know what I mean? Or, you know, which version of the actor I like better at the end of the day, Spider-Man, uh, goes all the way back to, um, I think uh, Spider-Man is one of the first comic books I ever read when I was a kid. Um, It's one of the first comic books I actually have a recollection of reading and understanding what I was looking at kind of thing. Um, You know, people will be like, oh, get him a Batman comic or get him a Superman comic and that kind of thing. And, yeah, I know I'm a more Batman fan now as an adult um, and I've been so my whole life. But Spider-Man was one of the first characters that I read the comic book and remember realizing what I was reading and focusing in on it. Um, I don't remember the actual Spider-Man number. I know I pulled it out for a show a while back um, just so I could talk about it on the show. But um, there was a specific it was a specific book with Spider-Man and the Punisher, Um, not the big famous one with the Punisher's first appearance. This was uh, um, this was a different book. But um, but no, I just Spider-Man's been there like my whole life. Um, and when I look at like the different story arcs we followed, like uh, um, when you look at Secret Wars, when he gets the when he first gets introduced to the symbiote suit, when you look at Maximum Carnage, when you look at the symbiote wars, when you look at the cloning, the clone saga, um, when you look at what happened to him during Civil War, when you look at um, God forbid, I don't want to talk about uh one more day and then a brand new day because th- that's a touchy point with Spider-Man fans. But then later on, when you look at like superior Spider-Man and then now what they're doing with Miles Morales and stuff, Spider-Man has been such an amazing character. And then the way the MCU is treating the character, um, I cannot wait for Spider-Man three because um, I wasn't a big fan of homecoming, but how they handled things in far from home. I'm really excited post end game 
to see what happens in Spider-Man three, um, in the broadening of what is probably going to be a, uh, um, uh, the spider verse. So nice. I don't know if anyone wants to add anything. Cause I just kind of said everything everyone wants to say. <laughs> um, I can add some stuff cause we actually matched, uh, Spider-Man was my number one pick as well. Nice. Um, and this is one where, oh man. Okay. So let's, I guess <laughs> I can go back sent to the me a picture of her short list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and she's got Spider-Man off to the side. Like, Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I put a question mark by his name. That's awesome. That's great. That that just made me laugh. I'm like trying to listen to Peter. I'm like, what did Bryn just send me? <laughs> um, no, but I was I, I guess I was saying like if I go back to the beginning, like I watched the Spider-Man animated series when I was a kid, and then I remember the the original PlayStation Spider-Man game coming out, and that game was a big part of why I like comics today. Like I remember playing that game and uh, at the time, the nerdiest thing I was into was just, I was a huge star Wars fan, but that's probably about as far as it went. And uh, that game like made me realize comic books were cool again and made me want to get into this stuff more. And then, you know, a few years later, the uh, first Tobey Maguire movie came out and uh, I just love that movie so much as well. And I think because of the age I got into Spider-Man, I always related to him more than a lot of the other characters, because this is someone who got their powers when they were in high school. Like he was a teenager when he became a superhero. And I've always like, I think it's kind of genius that they made that decision when they first created the character, because he ended up being a character that all the readers could, could relate to. And like, such a fundamental way compared to a lot of the other characters. And it, it, it really is a genius thing. And I think, because of all these reasons, Spider-Man has always kind of been my Marvel go-to where Drew, I'm the same way. Like I've read more Spider-Man comics than any other, you know, on the shelf, I have more Spider-Man graphic novels than any other Marvel character. And it's just because he's always been my go-to in that way. And, uh, you know, there's different aspects that like over the years, I've realized aspects I don't like as much about Spider-Man, but overall, like he's still my go-to, he's still going to have a special place in my heart and always be my favorite Marvel character. So I don't know too much what to say about that. You know, besides that, I don't want to kind of gush on forever, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't the only thing I was going to add. Was that, well, the only thing I was going to add was that when I go into a comic book store, when I used to go to comic book stores before COVID, and I would wander under the Marvel section. I'd always wandered. It was always Spider-Man that drew me over there. It wasn't any other character. It wasn't any other team. It was always like, what's new in the world of Spider-Man? Um, yeah. So he's always been, in terms of Marvel, my favorite. Um, Brian, any want to add anything on Spider-Man? Or have you seen, like, I know you've seen, like, the MCU, but have you watched any of, like, the Andrew Garfield films or the... Um, yeah. I actually like the first superhero movies that I ever watched, I think, were probably the Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. OK. And I always really enjoyed those, except for the one that everyone complains about, of course. Um, Spider-Man 3, <laughs> Spider 3 is everyone's favorite Spider -Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, and I'll still like if I see it on TV, I'll, I might flip it for a couple minutes to watch, but all there are, those... look, there's some, let me defend the movie real quick. There's a car chase scene with the Sandman and the, um, armored truck. That scene is phenomenal. 
Sandman's transformation is amazing. Um, that's it for me. <laughs> okay, I actually think the first act of the, of Spider Man Three is really great. I yeah, think the, uh, I, I'll back you. First, pretty act. much, pretty much all the Sandman stuff is really cool. Um, I agree with Drew. This the transformation of Sandman. I remember seeing that the first time and being like this is one of the most beautiful pieces of cinematography I've just ever seen in my life. Like it's, if you go back and rewatch the scene, it's beautiful. Like it's really a cool way to portray that. But then as the movie goes along, it kind of falls apart. A lot of that has to do with the symbiote suit and venom. Um, if you know, like kind of the behind the scenes stuff, uh, Sam Raimi didn't even want to do venom. He was kind of forced into doing it. Um, so Spider-Man three, it has a ton of flaws, but it's still, I guess I can still find my redeeming or find redeeming qualities in it, but it might just be because I like Sam Raimi that much and I like Spider-Man that much sort of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Ron, I feel like we cut you off a little bit. Anything to add? No, I mean, that. I mean, I've always enjoyed Spider-Man from before I even got into any of the other superheroes. So that's why I was question, literally with a question mark by him. I was trying to decide if I wanted to talk about him or not. But I figured someone was going to talk about him. (laughs) When I realized, I was like, wow, I'm about to roll into, like, the final picks here. And no one's brought up Spider-Man yet. So, um, yeah, and I just was saving him for the end because I realized, like, he's my favorite Marvel character. And Marvel, for me, for some reason, you know, it's the one, like, I always can never, like, focus on one specific character where it's not like this one character I like the most. It's like you end up liking them all. And I noticed that when I was playing uh, one of the Lego Marvel games um, with all the characters to play as, I'm like, man, I don't know who to play as. You know what I mean? When I'm, when I'm playing like a Lego DC game, I'm always like, just give me Batman and I'm good to go. Uh, <laughs> so um, I just thought that was kind of interesting when I'm playing that Lego game going, hmm, I don't know who to play because I like all these characters. And then when I'm putting this list together, it's like, no, it's Spider-Man. End of discussion. You know. That's why my short list was so long. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> right. Um, well, how about this? That kind of brings us to the end. Does anyone have anything they want to add about Spider-Man real quick before I tell you what next week's list is? No, this was just no. really fun. I think okay. uh, we did a we did a successful list. <laughs> so, right, exactly. You know. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm going to flip this to the other pillar next week and we're going to go do DC heroes. Oh, okay. Nice. So it's going to be nice and difficult for both of us. I think Peter and I both know who each other's number one picks are going to be. And if you've been listening to this podcast at all, you kind of know what we're going to land on in the end. However, um, Bryn, are you in? (laughs) I know like five DC. Well, there's your list. (laughs) My my automatic list. I didn't even have to think. Yeah, well, if you how about this? You always have an open seat at this show. So if you want to come back next week or if you want, I'll just keep sending you tell you what the next list is ahead of time. And you can say, hey, I'm in or not. Um, But you are always welcome to come back. And I'm glad you came back because we don't in this world we live in. You and I haven't had a chance to talk as much as, you know, we could have. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Okay, so you're in for next week. Is that what you said? Well, <laughs> I'm in for another time, but I don't. You know. heard it. You heard it here, everybody. Brent's gonna be back next week. TBD. TBD. <laughs> next week. Yeah. Um, perfect. All right. So Brent might be back next week. We're not sure yet. She has at least five characters she knows, and that's basically a list. I'll, um, I'll come back on the show when we do top five Willow characters. Oh well, you know what's interesting about Willow? <laughs> it's uh, coming back. 
Well, not only it's coming back to Disney Plus uh, because they have a show coming. Yeah. Uh, so um, that could be really cool. Um, I'm excited. Apparently, you are because we've talked. We've actually talked about this on the show. So um, I know you're a fan. Yeah. Um, all right. So you guys good? We have another episode in the can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big can. It's they well, always go in the that, can. That's, that's where they always go. Um, at any rate, so um, everybody do us a favor and check out our website, uh, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the links to our email, top5report.gmail.com. Um, you can interact with the show by hitting us up on our email there or on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe to us in those places, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. Uh, we love those five stars, but we also understand criticism because it makes us get better, and it makes the words we say feel important. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Oh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre. And that's where I will be documenting a series of animal bites that I will endure in the pursuit of obtaining superpowers. <laughs> um, you have a good luck with that. Um, and uh, Brent, do you, <laughs> Brent, do you want anyone to find you anywhere or do you just want to stay a ghost? I'm still hiding after you made a shout out to Sophie Turner that I didn't like. Her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> we won't relive it. I'll tell you off air. Oh, I, I know the Nick Jonas thing or no, 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 Joe no, no. Jonas I'll, or something. I'll I'll tell you in, in IRL, Peter. How's it's that? a Jonas Brothers thing. <laughs> I, know, about, I remember. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Um. Well, how about this? So, everybody for the top five report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. Brent. I'm Brent. Perfect. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>